Welcome everyone to Tag Team with KJ and Bada. Happy New Year. Happy 2020, everyone. Let's start the grieving process to all the New Year's resolutions that we've already broken. Yes. The dead have departed. You've served us well. Do you like making New Year's resolutions? Uh, no. Really? I, I feel like they, they, often, uh, they often make it very easy to, to hyper-focus on a couple tasks and then let other things kind of slip. So in general, I like goals. I like making plans and stuff. I guess I, I, there's like this uh, cultural, uh, I don't know, it's the American in me that just wants to be like, no, <laughs> I want to go along with the curve. It's definitely something that I've heard a lot of people say that they don't make New Year's resolutions for that reason, right? They yeah. don't want to fall into another trap of making something that's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's just also, it's like a, taking a diet almost, where it's like you'll watch people do these crazy, insane diets. And because it's so insane and so difficult, they'll achieve their goal. And then it'll just slide right back into eating how they were. It's like, well... I don't want my life to be a series of like, you know, trying hard in one area until I succeed, then just letting it all come back and then doing mm-hmm. it again. I feel like I want more of a static or stable kind of achievement. Mm-hmm. So. I love New Year's. I love the <laughs> idea of setting up a yearly review. And in order to try to change the tendency to um, create a goal and then lose steam. I thought I would do my New Year's in December. Ah. And I did it for the church's New Year. So I, I set, like, December 1st, I decided what my year goals were going to be. Um, and it did not go well. <laughs> because um, I think I should have planned in November and came up with what I was going to do around the holidays. You yeah. Know? Like... December's pretty busy, and because of that, I, I didn't, it didn't change any of my actions. So, But today, we're talking about a lot of things, about goals and productivity. And um, why, don't, why don't I start by asking you this, Michael? Um, what do you waste the most amount of time on? Oh, for me, at least now, currently. It's definitely just like uh, following rabbit trails on the internet, whether it's Quora or Twitter or YouTube. It's like uh, there's all these like little things that you kind of want to know, but don't really want to know because if they're not in front of you, you don't want to know them anymore. Like this question of like, oh, I wonder uh, uh, the names of all of Alexander the Great's generals and how they interacted after he died. And you're like, that's that kind of something which is passively interesting. And so you don't really think about it day to day. And then you see it, and you're like, oh, I could know this. It could be in my brain. And I think maybe you, I just presume I'll remember, because I don't. And, uh, yeah, and I just get rabbit hole after rabbit hole. I just It feels very positive. It's like, you know, you're learning more things. But you aren't really learning more things, because then you forget, because you don't really care that much. So The last thing I Googled was how to cook a ham. <laughs> As you know, the ham is in the oven right now. It so is. I definitely um, fall into that, too, where you Google something that isn't going to really change anything. And then you go down that rabbit hole. 
Mm-hmm. Something that I waste time on is cooking videos on YouTube. Mm, yeah. They're very satisfying. I went through a thing where I got rid of my social media, I think it was two years ago, Yeah. to remove technology time wasters. And I've replaced that sense with watching videos on YouTube, <laughs> namely cooking videos. I see. It's the same thing, right? I am not going to cook this um, this crazy dish with all these moving parts. Yeah. Um, I watch one in particular that's like a test kitchen. So mm-hmm. they do all these things. They're naming um, they're naming ingredients that I've never heard of. Yeah. And so I feel like. I'm learning. I feel like I'm picking up, but it's not really impacting my day to day or or any sort of behavior. Yeah, I think that for me is is really uh, is really the thing is that we're surrounded by all these things which give an illusion of like being worthwhile and meaningful, etc., and definitely like are enjoyable. I suppose for me, it's also a little bit curious. Like, what's the difference between say? Uh, the experience of watching this cooking video and like cooking that food yourself or like going to a museum and watching a piece of art be unveiled or something is I'm not sure where that line is between productive or valuable uses of time and unproductive uses of time. I know I feel very strongly about certain things there ways, but I'm not sure exactly where to, to, to draw that line, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the distinguishing things is like a, a misalignment of priorities. Yeah. And so I feel productive when I know I need to cook and I'm watching a cooking video about what I need to cook. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel productive when I should be exercising and instead watching this video on uh, how to uh, glaze a donut. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. And speaking of priorities, mm-hmm. why don't we do a quick uh, review of last year? Name a a goal from last year and how it went, and then name a goal that you're looking at this year. Uh, my uh, a goal last year that I had was to run a marathon, and I did. I ran a half marathon first in the summer, and then a full marathon, the Monumental, in November. Yeah, and I was there. I can... I can say for certain that he did do that. It was it was quite moving. I, I had a lot of support. It was very nice. And then you did that. That was your goal? Yeah, that was my goal for last year. And then this year, I would say my goal is um, more one of, I guess, a spiritual discernment, trying to, to continue to grow in my faith, my understanding of, of who I should be, where I should be, what community I should be a part of. Mm. And so I think that's my, my goal for this year is to have, like, a substantiated idea. To have, an, I guess, an, an identity of sorts, a dedication, and then to move forward in that and to kind of be on that path. As I become older, I feel like that's important to me. Yeah, awesome. And yourself? Last year, I said that I was going to pray every day and have a prayer routine, and I have succeeded. I, I did that. It's amazing. And this year, I want to lose 60 pounds. Nice. And both, I mean, last year I had some fitness goals that I made, I like made a lot of progress, but didn't yeah. make my goal. 
Um, and this year I have some some prayer goals, but if we're talking about like um, what what I prioritize as. I mean, I definitely want to lose six pounds this, this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, um, yeah, I had a lot of progress last year, but um, what do you think led to being a good use of your time regularly that led to you completing the marathon? That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I had a, a partner that could help keep me accountable. Uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, this is was her third marathon. And so I had that kind of like routine uh, push to, to do that, to train. Uh, and not only to do the long runs, which are like the, the staple, right, is that you slowly get longer and longer runs every week, but also the uh, running a couple times a week and doing it uh, the, the shorter distances too. I found that was easier in a lot of ways to just like to make sure I did that one long run than it was to make sure I ran say four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm not like you could dive into all the reasons why that was that was easier for me. But I think what what ha- what helped me was to take that kind of view of what, what was productive and to put it through a little bit more of a creative. Uh, perspective where I could be fine if instead uh, I biked to school and back which is around 16 to 18 miles that that could be like okay that's not running but it is something which helps and I wouldn't stress over it or beat myself over the head if I didn't run as much as, as I liked but if I did an alternative and I think I also um, really viewed that kind of uh, productivity as being something which wasn't something that you could just uh, make more efficient, really. Because you can't just run all the time first. Right. And it's not necessarily true that the more you run, the better prepared you'll be. There's, like, the distances you'll, you'll uh, be going. If you do too much, you'll get overtired, or you can sprain or pull something as well. And there's also this uh, just getting into the mentality, preparing yourself. Um, before the marathon, there's something called tapering, where you do a little bit less uh, beforehand, uh, so you're not running like as much as you can before the marathon. You want to give yourself a break, and so there's all these like little tiny things which uh, divert it from being just a very brute equation of I'm going to to run and run and run and run and run, and that means I'll be able to do the marathon easier. And it's also just a whole lot of time. I feel like running of all the things, if you're running for longer distances, it just takes a lot of time to practice. And it's not even necessarily intensive time because you could go faster. You could run a faster, like, five-mile than you could running 20 miles. But you still shouldn't try to run that really fast five-mile preparing for a marathon. Right. You should practice running the much slower 20-mile because you're running a marathon. Right. And so it's, it's interesting to see that kind of, like, subverted because a lot of ways which we think of productivity... It's very quantifiable, very like, I'm inputting this, uh, this will create this output, just that easy. Yeah, and um, just a little inside scoop, sneak peek behind the scenes, <laughs> um, Michael and I were talking a little before, and we were reflecting on, like, how do we understand productivity, we're talking about our goals, and like, what can we do to, as you said, like, be more efficient and, and be productive? 
and we kind of wanted to go back and forth on like whether we thought productivity was helpful with understanding it in a broader sense against that specificness where or do we look at like productivity to be like tangible and specific and um not to create like uh, like a false tension. I think we're bum, both. Bum, 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 bum. Both. That's, that's right. KJ and I don't hate each other. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. We are more mortal enemies making a podcast together. But you, I, would you say that you would push against the, the really specific, like, procedure-based, like you were saying? Oh, I, I definitely would, um, though in part because it's so prevalent. If I felt like it was, like, a minority, people are like, yeah, this really worked for me, and you could try it. I feel like that would be very positive for me. But oftentimes, it's like appeal to like this Harvard professor or like this top-rated business executive or the, like this certain CEO has this way and it's the way to be productive. And they're like, as we all know, productivity is X, Y, Z. And it's just that simple. And here's how the simple formula can like transform your life. I think that that is often seems to me BS. And to, to go back to our goals that we talked about, even something that's very like quantifiable and like fairly actually simple, running a marathon, I felt like I used a little bit of nuance. But with your goal last year of like, you know, trying to improve, improve your spirituality, right? I, I felt like that's the kind of goal which is, in a lot of ways, very difficult to apply things like productivity to, at least on its face. So when, when you were talking about your, your goals, becoming a more spiritual person, going, going to Mass or uh, engaging in prayer, um, do you felt like that could be a quantifiable goal? Or how, how, how is that kind of vision of productivity at play with your goal last year? Last year, I made that goal in the... Um, tension of like I'm not praying enough yet if I looked at what I valued I I valued my faith so it was like I'm investing no time in what I consider like a top priority and that was that really um, started to like bother me and if we're looking at like goal setting I did end up making really specific goals each day. I spent X amount of time Mm -hmm. saying this prayer and this prayer, um, having like areas where I do that and exceptions. And so um, I felt like I had a very systematic way to do it, though I don't think that um, to what you're saying, um, understanding your, your faith life in a quantifiable way I don't think that's helpful. Um, or I guess rather to say like I'm 15% holier right? <laughs> is, is not something that, that, that you should be reviewed. Um, but I think we're talking like procedure wise. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to grow my prayer life. So I began with objectively spending more time in prayer. And setting goals where I could be like, this is, I did or I didn't do this this day. 
And I need to either hold myself accountable or recognize that I did what I needed to do in that day was formative to making that goal. This year, um, I have this goal to spend a little bit more time, kind of like still have some objective ways uh, to spend time in prayer. Um, But I'm trying to like, I think prayer and your, your spirituality is... Uh, my spiritual advisor calls prayer just recognizing the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so theoretically, if you are going to prayer and you're like being repetitive and being distracted, you're missing an opportunity to immerse yourself in God's presence. Yeah. You're not taking that time to recognize. Um, though, one step at a time, you can... Spend time in prayer and work your way up to recognizing the presence of God Yeah. before you can recognize your presence of God and then work up to prayer. Yeah, I try to remember it was a long time ago. I don't remember if it was uh, St. Teresa of Avila, but there was a, a, a thing I'd read. It was very brief. I didn't read a book about anything about uh, the nature of prayer. And the metaphor used was kind of like uh, uh, going to, down to a well and getting a bucket out of and slowly you get better and better at it, and you'd be able, first it's just like your hands, then it's like a pail, then it's uh, eventually like, you know, at the final stage, it's like the rain, mm. where it's not deliberate anymore, because you start off, and it's a, it's a toil, it's difficult, it's very small and meager, and it becomes more effective and more uh, inundated throughout your life. And I think that, that's my primary concern. Is I, I don't think my concern is that like people would be working too hard towards these very good goals, but rather that like Lent, these uh, you'll see people who have very limiting goals that might not actually be uh, helping them make be holier or better people or fulfilling the goals that they want wherever they are, but might actually be very limiting because they could do so much more, or they could be very uh, blinded by how straightforward it can seem initially. So let's say that like I want you to be a holier person. So I'm like, KJ, what can you do to be holier? And you can give me some very easy answers, um, some very simple ones. And I think that having those goals, we can be like, aha, I'm going to seize on this thing that I know without necessarily engaging with it and trying to be creative about it. And it might also uh, lead us to maybe quantify something, which might not be. I think that we're, maybe as a culture or as a species, just very bad at, like, you know, I'm going to try to do this more without quantifying it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure if my, if you're correct that maybe that is just the nature of who we are. But there is an element that I want to push back against that. And be like, well, why, why necessarily limit yourself to doing this singular thing? this set amount of times. Well, and one of the things that we've been reflecting on, um, whether on air or off air, um, is that like balancing between goals that you set for yourself that are too hard versus goals that you set are too easy. Do you set goals that are too hard that push yourself beyond what you think that you can do or um, what you think is safe? Or do you set goals that you know that are safe? And I was thinking about 
this the other day of like like the benefit of doing something regularly and if you are someone that struggles with like completing goals and I do think you need to make goals that are very approachable and do that often enough times to convince yourself look I do have this habit now I am investing time I think it all comes down to like am I creating a system in place that allows me um, a way to focus my energy and and do things right because yeah goals are to achieve a goal you essentially have to do something right so if yeah. I want to lose weight I have to like um, exercise or I'm, if I want to lose weight I have to like eat healthier and if I don't do anything, then I'm going to get my current place. Um, so with understanding, let's say, like like prayer life, I do think that if you're someone that struggles not knowing how to pray, creating um, a, a system in place where you're like, all right, well, I have a lot more now to reflect on but at least i can say i'm not struggling with that anymore at least i know i'm going to prayer every day i do pray i yeah and i think there's like an empowerment in that i I, absolutely i think you're you're absolutely right there i suppose i just see it as very easy to give a quantified value uh, two fundamentally abstract values that we hold, whether or not it's like piety or holiness or uh, kindness or even uh, something fairly basic like being healthy. Like I weigh X amount and therefore I'm healthy. I, I feel like there's ultimately there, there's a lot of ways where that can go wrong. Not that it necessarily does and not that those kind of goals uh, are wrong. I just feel like there's an abundance of literature that makes that claim. There is a formula that will help you set goals and achieve them and realize your dreams, your aspirations, etc. And I feel like our vision is often more narrow than we understand. So I, I do very much agree. Like I, I've made goals quantifiable, like running a marathon, running to 26.2 miles, uh, those sorts of things which are very concrete. They do help me to go forward. Saying so I'm going to run three times a week is very helpful, but I want to remain, retain that flexibility for when there are alternatives, like maybe uh, biking, and that will work better and be productive in other ways, because I think productivity can also be a uh, a multifaceted thing, where I try to view an action as, or my time as being useful for multiple things, and I can best bundle all of those different things together. And uh, I think that's... Uh, Really, my, my major thing is that those viewing goals in a very quantifiable sense, very simple sense, can uh, lower the amount of flexibility that we have and kind of focus in on something which is very concrete, sometimes at the ex- expense of other things. Well, let's latch on to that word, like, simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that what you're saying, of like, all the noise of being productive a lot of sources a lot of people that are successful will will 
have their formula and and package it. And a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are giving ways and and information overload. Things aren't simple. If you set a goal, and let's say you do be very specific with the action, and you are specific what with um, what you want, and you might be off the mark, then that could be damaging too. I definitely agree with that, right? Let's say you, you set a goal where you want to lose weight, but all you do is, is exercise and don't change your diet, right? Then that's a good example of two things that are out of alignment, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to achieve the weight loss that you want because you're still consuming X amount of calories, even though you think that you're exercising. So I, I resonate that with you, and I just want to make sure that when, when goal setting, that when we're setting goals, we do so in a way that doesn't put a pressure on understanding all things at once. Yeah. That that does come back to the simplicity that, all right, I know that this is what I want, and I know that this is the action that I want to take, and so I'm going to like just hone in on that. And then my maybe I could run more than a mile every two days, but part of my goal is convincing myself that I can regularly commit to that. We were saying that the best way to set like a really clear and meaningful and well-rounded goal was to know yourself, right? Yeah. Sunzu would be very happy with us. <laughs> yeah. So I think next time we're going to talk about what are ways that we can know ourselves and how that can inform goal setting and um, impact the, your day-to-day. Which is super well. For all of our dear listeners, I, uh, I study philosophy, and needless to say, self-awareness is a very important aspect of it. I think that that will be an excellent kind of connection between our goals, our productivity, and moving forward and becoming better people, tag-teaming our best selves, so to speak. So let's encourage, we encourage you guys to set some goals. Maybe not name it New Year's resolutions. Name it something that's going to stay with you past 2020. Oh, yeah, and whether it be very simple or perhaps very complex, uh, very uh, concrete or abstract, I think that will uh, hopefully help us all become better people. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Yep, and have fun storming the castle.